Hey, I'm Phil. And I'm Chris. We are two dads who share one simple goal, to be better fathers to our kids. That involves more time together with our families, more books, more movies, more board games, and most importantly, more meals together. And if we're going to spend more meals together, we need to be better cooks. So this is us trying to figure that out. Welcome to Dad's Kitchen. Hey, Phil. Hey there, Chris. What's going on today? Oh, not much. Just a kind of lazy Sunday. Like a cat. Yeah. That is good. How are you doing today? I'm doing extra good today. I'm super excited about today's episode. Yeah, we've we've got an in the kitchen. We, we do have an in the kitchen. And, you know, we've kind of played around with the format a few times so far. I don't think we've done a single in the kitchen format twice. And we're going to change it up again because why not? We We love to throw out curveballs. We're just refining the method. That's it. We're, we're learning as we go. We are learning as we go. But today isn't just changing up the format. Today is a special in the kitchen episode uh, because of the recipe that we're choosing. And Chris, did you know that we're going to do a giveaway here on the Dad's Kitchen podcast? I, I have heard rumors that this might be happening. Has it been making around the rumor mill? Yeah, yeah. You know, just uh, hearing whispers here and there. Sure. Little birds kind of telling you what's going on. There's a lady. Her name is Christina Marie, and she is very, very talented. Christina holds a PhD in culinary tourism, and she is a professor at Colorado State University, which is my wife's alma mater. And oh boy, CSU is in Fort Collins, which is home to like just about every, every brewery in the world. Just about. Well, Christina wrote a cookbook. And it's a really, really cool cookbook. It's called Cooking with Beer in Colorado. And for my Southeast friends, it, it is pronounced Colorado. It is not Colorado. No, no, there's definitely an A in there. It's a rad state, not an odd state, though some might <sighs> yes. disagree with me. <laughs> <laughs> it can be both, I suppose. So Christina wrote this really cool cookbook, Cooking with Beer in Colorado. And it's basically a curated list of all the different breweries in Colorado and all the different restaurants and the and the main chefs at these restaurants got together with these breweries and they they made a cookbook together. Christina put together the whole thing. It is super awesome. There's like so many fun recipes in here, like the mainline brown ale bacon burger and bacon jam. Holy smokes, that sounds good. Jeez. So that one is made with 1933 Brewing Company, which is a super fun brewery in town. Let's see what else do we have. We've got the Snapshot Braised Beet Salad. We we talked about how much you and I both love salads on this show. This one uses the New Belgium Snapshot which is a good, fun, summery ale. So this is just a really cool cookbook. And I thought, okay, Christina's a friend of mine. Uh, Let's support her by promoting her cookbook. But then let's let's make a recipe from it. And then let's, hell, let's give the cookbook away. So does that sound fun to you? Sounds perfect, Phil. Okay, so we're going to make a green chili using a beer called 90 Shilling, which is from this brewery called Odell's. And it actually is my all-time favorite brewery. So Ashley and I would go to Odell's Brewery when we lived in Fort Collins all the time. I'm super excited about this recipe. I actually asked her what is one of her favorite recipes out of the cookbook, and she pointed me to that one. So I think that would be a really good one to do as the weather is getting colder, and it's just kind of a cozy little dish. But we're not going to tell you how to how to win this thing until the end. So, so you have to listen to the whole thing. You cannot skip through. You have to listen to the whole you might, episode. <laughs> you might pass it. And you do not want to pass this one at all. 
Phil, that that recipe sounds really, really good. And I am looking forward to seeing what you think of it. Yeah, so I'm going to be making it today in my kitchen. And instead of Chris going down the list and talking me through it, we're just going to try to have a conversation as best as possible. And I'm just going to make the thing. So hopefully that is a good format that seems to make sense for all of our listeners. We'll see how this one goes. And who knows, we might try something totally different next time. We look forward to changing up the format yet again. Awesome, Phil. Hey, let's get started. Hey there, Chris. Hey again. I missed you for those couple seconds that we were apart between the studio and... Yeah, uh, I was actually just thinking about you, like just a moment ago. Good things, I hope, obviously. Oh yeah. There's my co-host. There's that smile. So we we are in your kitchen now. I'm going to try to make some food today. This one's actually pretty exciting for me because, well, there's a lot of reasons, but more than anything... It's a recipe made with a really yummy beer. I have uh, a 90 shilling, which is probably my all-time favorite beer from a little brewery out in Colorado called Odell's. And 90 shilling is their flagship beer. It is super good. And we get to make a green chili with this 90 shilling today. So I'm pretty pumped. Can you refresh my memory on what type of beer a 90 shilling is? It's been a while since I've had it. 90 shilling is an amber okay. ale, kind yeah. of a medium bodied amber. It's just like a nice, easy drinking, nice, easy drinking amber. Oh yeah. yeah. It brings back a lot of memories of when Ashley and I lived in Fort Collins, we'd go to Adele's and hang out on their patio with some friends, bring the kids. Uh, I don't know about you, but I just like love this beer culture that has kind of uh, been a part of these microbreweries lately. It's not, it's, it's not just a bar to go get wasted. Where's the fun in that? No, it's like, it's like a community where you can bring your families and have good food and, and just hang out, play cornhole. I mean, yeah. like just whatever, all kinds of fun stuff. So, and Chris, I'm really curious to know what the breweries are like in your neck of the woods these days. But as you're telling me, I'm going to start sauteing some onions. So hopefully it doesn't get too sizzly. But of course, I've already diced these doing, doing that super fancy mise en place method. Kind of make it a little bit easier. So Also in the reduce the sound effects method. I feel like <laughs> That's right. last time got a little bit loud in our kitchen. So there, there were some things that we learned there. But yeah, you know, here in the Springs, it still is Colorado. We might not have totally caught up with... Fort Collins or Denver, but we definitely do have quite a few little breweries around. Gosh, I don't even know. You lose track. So many great little small ones. But there are a few that sound a lot like kind of that Odell's atmosphere. There's one here. It's actually in this old elementary school that got repurposed into a bunch of different commercial and restaurant stalls. And there's a little brewery called Goat Patch Brewing. And it sounds sounds a lot like that. You know, you walk in and it's just ah. full of families. I think they're definitely one of my favorite locals. They always have just super, super high quality stuff. Have, have you guys been there? No, I have not been to that brewery. Matter of fact, I kind of feel like we missed out a little bit on the, the beer culture in Colorado as a whole. Because yeah. when we moved... I mean, breweries were just popping up left and right, but obviously we were living in Fort Collins. And so we kind of hung around there, even coming back to visit you in Colorado Springs. I feel like there's so many more breweries that I hadn't even heard of. No, there, there definitely are. Um, and even in this COVID landscape, there have been several that have opened this last year. So it'll be interesting to see kind of where where that market goes if it hits saturation at any point but i think there is something to the idea of like a brewery becoming a little bit of a community center almost i mean in colorado it's like and breweries and coffee shops have you kind of heard 
at least some of the breweries reasoning as to why Colorado has had that surge of micros? No. And this kind of this kind of came out over the past several years, but they cite it largely having to do with the fact that, you know, for a long time in Colorado, if you weren't an actual liquor store, then you could only sell 3-2 beer. And so that's right. Um, I do remember this. So, yeah, instead of the larger grocery stores providing the majority of the beer that your everyday consumer was buying, it was it was the liquor stores. And for the smaller micro brews, it was easier for them to go hit the distributors that were more local. All the springs breweries could get in the liquor stores in the springs as opposed to having to land like a whole regional account for, you know, one of the bigger grocery stores. So there was, there was like a big fight over that when it was like up for votes to allow grocery stores to sell full strength. The, the micros were kind of up in arms saying it was going to absolutely kill the microbrew culture here. And that passed, I think, a little over a year now. I think that was 2019. I don't remember specifically, but you still have places popping up. So maybe with those places popping up, maybe it's more of that brew pub culture that's allowing them to still thrive. Yeah. Well, and even that brew pub culture, as you call it, has come out east. And I mean, I imagine it's it's out west as well, like in places like California and Oregon, Washington. Deschutes actually is one of my favorite breweries up in the Northwest. Love Deschutes. How are those onions coming, Phil? So the onions smell amazing. And I've also thrown in some seasonings, cumin and chili powder. I'm just kind of letting that go a little bit. And honestly, it smells like a Mexican restaurant and I love it. Yeah. So with green chili, what do you guys typically use green chili for? Like, how do you guys eat it? Do you use it to kind of smother things or do you just throw it in a bowl and grab a spoon? Oh, man. Hmm. I think generally I've just eaten it by itself. I love it. But because I, I don't think I ever really have. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Well, I'll see how this one turns out. I, I, I'll eat some tonight, but then I'll also save some and, and pour it on top of some eggs tomorrow morning. Nice. Yeah. And just kind of repurpose it a little bit. Yeah. So I, I grew up, so my, my mom's parents were Mexican. My, my grandma was just an absolutely fantastic cook and she made some of the best green chili, but we always had it over a burrito or something like that. You know, it was, it was always smothering something else. We never just like had it in a bowl. So that's just what, what I've always associated green chili with, but there is something magic about that, that smell of a Mexican grandma's kitchen. I don't know. For sure. Like chorizo. Was hers generally cumin. pretty spicy? She, she could, she could definitely make it spicy. They, they could handle the spice for sure. But actually my, my mom did not inherit that gene. So they, they always had something that was a little more tolerable for those who didn't enjoy the spice as much. But yeah, any, anytime I smell cumin or chorizo or something like that cooking, man, it just takes me back to being five. Yeah, this is starting to smell super, super good. I've poured in some vegetable stock and the green chilies, and it is starting to simmer. I'm gonna let that go for a couple minutes before pouring in some heavy whipping cream. That sounds like the perfect recipe for, I don't know, just a Sunday with some football on, if your team doesn't suck. Oh my goodness, the Broncos are so bad. Did you watch any of the game today? That was a rough game. I, I watched a little bit. You know, I'm just kind of recovering from being slightly under the weather, not COVID related. But um, there, were, there were plenty of fantastic things to watch today while I, tried to not overdo it. That was not one of them. With all of our U.S. listeners, nobody's probably going to care, but started the day off with a little F1. And yeah, uh, Lewis Hamilton. Hamilton, my goodness. Clinched his uh, seventh 
World Drivers Championship, and Seb got his first podium of the year. So that was that was a super fun race. And then, who's your favorite F1 race uh, driver, racer, driver, driver, participant? I've I've always been a big Vettel fan. I don't know. Thought he was a ton of fun back in his Red Bull days. But then uh, the Masters was on today as well. The Masters, Dustin Johnson. How about that guy? Which a fall Masters was so bizarre. But yes, agreed. That was uh, that was a, a dominant performance if I've ever seen one. Set a record, didn't he? Uh, yeah, I think that the only person that hit twenty under. So Chris, I've poured in my cheddar cheese, and it really thickened up nicely. And then I just poured in the remainder of the beer. And I feel like it smells like your grandmother's kitchen inside a brewery. And I love it. <laughs> she would not approve of that, but it sounds fantastic to me. <laughs> I'm kind of tempted to taste it. I, I would, 100%. Well, we're actually going to let that simmer for like 10 minutes. Yeah. It tastes exactly like the green chili I remember, like as a kid. Yeah. My, mo- my mother would make green chili a lot. Mm. That's delicious. The, the store didn't have any Anaheim green chilies, so I used a Cubel chili. Okay. Or no, Cub- Cubanel. So I used a Cubanel chili, yeah. which I'm guessing is from Cuba. I couldn't tell you. Honestly, I'm not super up on my chilies. There's not any heat in this chili, but it's pretty tasty. How do your girls do with heat? We're trying to get them involved. <laughs> I do feel like they have a little bit of a mature palate to where they can appreciate the heat, but not not so much that... Like, I don't, I don't want child services to call. Yeah, that's kind of an interesting topic. So far, we've, we've done several recipes that can be, you know, thought of as being a little bit more mature palate-wise. So you've also talked about your kids really loving them all. Is that something that you guys kind of intentionally fostered in them? Yes. Yes, very intentional. Okay, I don't want anyone to get mad when I say this, because I know how hard it is to get your kids to eat food, but pretty pretty early on, we we, we made the meal, and if they didn't want it, then they just didn't eat. Uh, you know, we were we were pretty adamant about not just like making a peanut butter and jelly sandwich so that they could have their way. Again, like no judgment. Seriously, like I know how difficult it can be, but I'm gonna go ahead and credit my wife on that one. She is so good at just like very tenderly talking to the kids about like this Telling is what we're gonna have up. and set them straight yeah but no it's like just hey you know what dudes like this is what we're having and she's just really good at that there is this book i think it's called french kids eat anything <laughs> and i have not read the book but the title just like totally inspired me yeah. i haven't served my kids foie gras yet but uh they, they they do generally enjoy the meals that we make but we have had to scale back some of the spice on a few things yeah so it sounds like uh substitute chilies that you got might be just right i think so I hope so. Okay. While we're on the topic of chilies, there is a place in Santa Fe, New Mexico called The Shed. The Shed is actually known for their red chili. The Shed is like this super like foodie, like trendy hipster type place. Like every food blogger in the world has been to The Shed in Santa Fe. And so The Shed is known for their enchiladas, but more so they're known for how you order them. And so what you're supposed to do is, and this is like not on the menu at all, but uh, order your enchiladas and order them burnt, which basically just means they're going to send it through the oven two times and it's going to come out. And then you're supposed to, you're supposed to ask for an egg on top of it, which does sound like a little weird. Why would you want an egg on top of an enchilada? But it's like totally a Santa Fe thing. And so it is absolutely spectacular. So go to the shed in Santa Fe, order your enchiladas burnt, 
and that's gonna come with the red sauce. It's like really, really rich and like smoky chili powder flavor. And then the egg on top, and it'll blow your mind. Gotta put that one on our list. We've been wanting to go down to Santa Fe for yeah. a while. I love it. I used to own a business in Santa Fe. Forgot about that. Yeah, not very long. Okay, so I have some cornstarch and some water, and I'm gonna mix the two. Give that a good stir. And then one quick note. This probably goes without saying, but anytime you're making soup, especially with a cream base, it's generally a good idea to kind of deglaze the bottom of the pan periodically. So that's what I've done throughout the process. And guess what, Chris? What's up, Phil? The green chili's done. Nice. So Phil, I could quite literally smell in my brain the way that I'm sure your kitchen smelled. When you have a grandmother that made it for you as a child every weekend, I would imagine you you have that kind of buried away somewhere. It's like ingrained. It just feels warm and cozy. It was so good, Chris. Yeah, I was going to ask how it was. I have to hand it to, to Christina. That Oh, man, that was a good recipe. Ashley yeah. loved it. We were kind of talking about it as we were as we were eating it. She said it would have it would have gone super great with some cornbread. Yeah, or over a burrito. Over a burrito. I'm, we're totally having it with eggs tomorrow morning. Um, but yeah, we just we just ate it like soup, and it was it was so good. We we might we might do that too. I don't know, Christina. This is that's my clap for you. It's <laughs> my snap clap. So lots of ways I think we could we could do this recipe. It's it's one that could be repurposed yeah. for sure. And enjoy the next day. Is there anything 100%. that you would have done differently? No, I don't think so. Like I mean, perfect classic green chili. It was also my first time making green chili and it tasted exactly how I've had yeah. it in the past. So, I mean, I, I think maybe my inexperience with the recipe itself means that I wouldn't do anything different, but I can't imagine a world yeah. where I would have. So Phil, like our normal in the kitchens, do you think that this recipe is going to be up there or might they have to go grab Christina's fantastic book to get this one? Well, they could grab the book or they, they could win the book. I think they could do, they could do either one. I think if you're one that likes to participate in life and have a good time, then maybe you should try to win the book. And there, there's ways to do that. How might somebody go about winning that book, Phil? Oh, I thought you'd never ask, Chris. <laughs> so you're going to need an we Instagram. Need transitions. I'm going to do a post about this cookbook in the coming days. And you're going to need to follow Dad's Kitchen Co. on Instagram. You're going to need to follow Cooking with Beer in Colorado Instagram. And then you're going to need to like the post that I do about it, right? Pretty straightforward. Follow our account, follow her account, and then like the photo, and then tag your friends in the comments, and that's how you win. And so that post is going to come up this Friday on November 20th. If November 20th has already passed for you, then I suggest maybe getting a DeLorean and a flux capacitor going back in time. Yeah, because everybody wants to go back and experience COVID again. <laughs> Just back to 2020. Let's do it. Why not? So post is going to come up this Friday. You'll have until Sunday night at midnight Eastern, which is November 22nd. And then I'll announce the winner on Monday, the 23rd. Nice. Just in time for Thanksgiving. Sounds fun. So it sounds like you might be able yeah. to make some Odell's green chili for Thanksgiving. Or some Highland horse tooth stout cottage pie. Yum. That sounds like a perfect Thanksgiving pie. I think. I actually, I don't even know what that or is. Or some Riverside Passion Biramasu. Are you kidding <laughs> me? I wish you could see the pictures of this. 
I'm, I'm sure it looks amazing, but that's, that's pretty terrible. <laughs> How about Carlos's ricotta gnocchi? Or shoot, deep dish grandma pizza. Why not? With black bottles something. Black bottles something. Oh, with Black Bottles Hipster IPA. I love that beer. So there you go. Jump on Insta this weekend and win a cookbook from the talented Christina Marie. Yeah, I think I might be ordering that soon. And there's nothing quite as fun as a good self-promotional uh, giveaway. I, I can't think of anything better, honestly. Well, Phil, I actually really want to make this recipe now. I can't wait to try it. And it's been fun. Yeah, dude. Super fun. Oh, 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 oh